Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Rahapa podcast. We're here today, as we are every week, to talk all about season nine of 90 Day Fiance OG. It's been a lot of fun this season, a lot of nonsense, a lot of ridiculousness. So we're going to hop aboard the Hot Mess Express once again to dissect everything that happened in episode eight. I am, of course, the host and conductor of the Hot Mess Express, please, Anne McKeeley, ready to talk about it all again. And this week, I've got a very special guest with me. She is, of course, one half of the Mess Magnets. She has done a lot more appearances on a lot of podcasts and always has time when we want to talk about mess. So I'm going to give the floor over to the one and only Sasha Joseph here with me today. Sasha, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so good. I can't believe I'm finally back on the 90-day train. Because, listen, I've been watching, obviously, but I was like, when am I going to come back on? Because I'm ready to drag these people. And it's been too long. So it, it's a wild episode, I feel like. And I'm ready. I'm ready to get in this. Yeah, we had you scheduled earlier in the I season. Know. But unfortunately, that didn't work out. Yes, my but, bad. Oh, no problem. We will always have time for Sumit's number Ooh. one fan here on this podcast. We all decided you were Sumit yesterday. So I guess that's me being your number one fan. I love it. Uh, I'm sorry to say you decided, and I'm not forgetting I did yet. Decide. Everyone, okay. go check out the roast yesterday, please. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming off of a 24-hour stream that yes. I did yesterday, still recovering. But we will always have time for 90-day fiancé nonsense here. So let's kick it off here and start talking about a couple who we have seen a little bit from. Not a lot, but I feel like this episode, it kind of moved in a direction. Maybe not a great one. But it's Emily and Kobe. So Emily and Kobe, we arrive at the 75 day mark. So they still they've only he's only been there 15 days, two weeks, and he cannot work yet. So the plan is they're going to show him around the farm and he's going to start working there and helping out. And he's volunteered to do so. He wants to show that he can do stuff. So they are taking him to the horse shed. Is that the word? Yeah. Okay, they're taking him to the horse shed so he can help with the horses. And Sasha, how did you feel watching this scene play out? So wasn't this exactly like um, Miss Barbara? Because I'm over here like, oh, is this back at where's the hot tub at? You know, what's going on? Because what 
the hell? Like, first of all, you know what? I have to put just I'm going to put it out of the way. These people cannot work. Does everyone know that? Like when you're here for 90 days before you get your green card or your work permit, like you are dependent on your spouse. And these people are treating him like they were trying to do Julia in um, what was it? The season with Brandon and Julia. Yeah, Brandon and Julia. But was that just 90 Day Fiance also? I can't remember. I believe that was the last season of 90 Day Proper. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm like, what is it? Um, But yeah, to me, I'm like, they did that to her. It's the same thing where the partner is just an idiot. Like, I'm so over Emily. She's horrible. And they're making this poor guy, like, shovel shit. Like, that's truly horrible. Yeah, and that's the thing is that by the sounds of it, he volunteered to help around the house and like do something mm-hmm. because he feels unproductive. He feels like he's not giving. And it's a very tough spot to be in when you're a spouse of a, of someone who mm-hmm. you just moved here for, because aside from the 90 day period that you have time to get married for, when you apply for change of status, that's when you apply for the work permit. You will not hear anything for up to six, seven months before you can get work clearance. So he is pretty much bound. So when I moved here, I finally got mine in like n- November, like mid-November, yeah. and I got here start of April or end of March, rather. So it takes some time. So they they give him the task of, hey, so we would like for you to help here. They take him to the horse shed, and they've got this manure they need to have shoveled into this bucket, and then the bucket dumped. I did see a Reddit post where this person was like, listen, I work with horses. And you got to like take care of their shed every day. You have to clear it out. You have to keep it clean based on the pile that was there. That was not done for a couple of days. And that is not healthy for the horses. And I, I did feel that but I was like, this is a lot of crap. Like this is a lot. Mm. I, I, I'm no expert. I, I've, I don't really hang around horses ever. So I've never really seen, but even I thought that seems like a lot that's there. Yeah, no, and that's exactly it where um Emily's mom says that, right? She's like, I physically cannot do this anymore. So why aren't your kids helping out? And maybe Emily's sister has a job, like, I don't know. But Emily don't got a job. Like, you know, it's like breastfeeding is a job and being a mom is a job. I want to be clear. But when it comes to Emily herself, she's not doing anything. All she's doing is like being a manager, but you have no workers. You're just managing your family and you're doing a bad job at it. Well, yeah. So that's the, that's going to become the big part of their story for this episode mm-hmm. is that while, um, Kobe takes to the shoveling, he's trying to get it going. He's doing his, his own method. He's like not doing a full scoop. He's doing like a, maybe like a three quarter scoop to then lift to put in this bucket. I imagine it's heavy, right? So like if he's scooping yeah. very, cause like, I've shoveled snow and sometimes if it's too much snow, it's gonna, I can't, my, my back, my hands will not. I gotta go a little softer. So he's doing all this and she is doing what you just described, playing the role of like the supervisor in that she's standing over top of him and yelling out, why aren't you doing, you know, why aren't you taking a full shovel? Why aren't you doing, not doing that? Why are you, can you do it faster? Can you do it this way? And He's feeling pestered, clearly. He tells us in confessional that he feels like she wants him to be controlled and she wants her family to see that he's being controlled and he's losing patience for that. So inevitably, he gets to the end of his patience and turns around to her and says, can you just shut the F up? And 
This gets turned into a frenzy because Emily's face is in shock. She's like, I can't believe you just said that to me. And she got very mad, very incredulous, and walked away saying that he can't be rude to me like that. That's messed up. That's not okay. And part of me kind of felt, and Sasha, I know you're going to, you can check me if I'm wrong, but I felt like the way she was talking to him was very rude. When she was like, I'm trying to help you out. And, and he just, just let me do it. She's like, okay, just stop talking and do it then. So I felt like she was already rude to him. And is it just the use of the F word here that she didn't care for? No, I think it's a control thing, right? So like basically she just she wants a yes man or I don't I don't know if she actually wants one, but you know, in this moment it seems like she wants a yes man and that's not who he is. And she literally was like, this is what got me, right? Because she, they're in the barn. He's the only one kind of doing work. Maybe Emily's mom obviously is cuz that's her job and it's her like farm thing. I don't know. But anyway, then Emily says, I have to show you how it's done or, or should I have to show you how it's done? But I haven't done it in years. So so let's break this down, right? Miss Thing hasn't done it in years, maybe because she, you know, had a baby. That's real. Um, And there's a lot of stuff that happens, you know, when you give birth. So I understand. But then he, you were admitting that this man has never done this before. And instead of being like, you're doing so well or just like getting out of his way. You're just like berating him for not doing it the way you would have done it. Because to me, it's like shoveling poop. I don't think there's a wrong way to do it as long as you're getting it in said bucket. Listen, I believe there was a Kanye song where he says, scoopity poop, poopty scoop, scoopty poop. And that's really what it is. You just got to scoop it, put it away. Come back. And <laughs> it can either take a little longer or a little less based on how often you're scooping. Like, there's really nothing else to, be, to do beyond that. And then she says, no, I'm telling you, you need to finish faster so we can hang out. Don't you want to hang out? What in the gaslighting mess is this? <laughs> See, if you do your job faster, then you're free to hang out with me. And if you don't want to hang out with me, that's also pretty rude that you should not want to do that. And to me, all I can see is this is a man who wants to help out your family and mm-hmm. he's trying his best. But with you standing over top of him, micromanaging him and implying, I think that's the biggest thing is the implication when because when someone's standing over top of you and telling you how to do a thing a certain way, that never translates to you're doing a good job, but let me give you some pointers unless you actively say that it just comes off as. Yeah, you're not doing a good job. So just do what I, the way I tell you to do it. Otherwise, you're doing it bad. And he's trying to maintain an image of like, you know, goodwill with the family of like, I'm trying, I'm doing, I can provide, I can help around. And mm. this isn't helping that. And it's very difficult. Again, he tells us that in confessional that, you know, back in Cameroon, he has a handball team. They would go for beers. He can hang out. The beer tastes different to him here. It's very cold here. And he's clearly homesick as well. He's out of, he's out on his own and he's, you know, being, he's a father for the first time. He's got a lot to learn there for sure. He's got a lot to learn to adapt to here. He can only lean on one person. That person's you. But if you are actively pushing him as well, then he's got no one to lean on. And he's going to feel backed into a corner. And of course, he's going to feel frustrated because you are supposed to be on my team. Why are you making me look a fool? Yeah, that's the thing. That's exactly it. 
And I just, I don't, you know what? Also bump all of that because like, why shouldn't he just be spending time with his child? That's another thing I don't understand. It's like, she is just constantly getting at him. It's it's not just her. It's all of them. Um, and they're like constantly d- telling him to do this, do that. But like, why can't he just bond with his child? That would be now. We didn't see Cobin at all this episode at all. Yeah. So no mention of Cobin. And honestly, to me, I feel like there was a moment on the show because, like, obviously, when it comes to even Muhammad, it's very clear that Muhammad believes I should be. I'm the man of the household. So there's like manly duties and like gendered roles. Like there are specific things that I think Muhammad might be looking at. Whereas with Kobe, I don't think he thinks like I'm I'm the man, so I should be treated as such. I think he wants it to be equal, and I think he just mm-hmm. doesn't want to be bossed around. And I feel like Emily is 100% a controlling person. We know this much because her family told us, told him and us that he is a she's a controlling person. So he's struggling with that because he tells us that this is not how we were when we met in China. This is not who I knew there. And she also says that he was not like this in China either. But I think that's just the biggest proof of when you do end up moving in with someone, if you've not been around them long enough or if you've not lived with them long enough, there it's not going to be the exact same experience. There's a lot of learning curve to go with cohabitating. Yes, exactly. And I mean, and this was last episode too, right? With the car where it's just like he is trying to like have some space and, you know, be himself. And I'm not saying... He's necessarily 100% right either because because uh, we were talking about cohabitating and it reminded me right when they were the whole breastfeeding conversation, right? Like I, I'm not 100% necessarily on Kobe's side, but I just feel like how is no one seeing this? You know, seeing this mess and like calling her out instead of it because her mom said right like when when he said uh shut the f up to her uh her her mom says you know i just know that my husband wouldn't do that and it's like yeah but you're out here working and you have a different dynamic yeah it's it's just just, to me yeah i just feel like because then he brings it up to her mom after he finishes the scooping and Mm -hmm. he says you know i feel like the whole like mom uh, it's like a situation where like the woman is talking inferior talking to a man is an inferior and i don't like that and the mom says i wouldn't look at it that way i think it's person to person i can tell you my husband would never say that to me like what you said to her implying like the f word thing and that causes him to go to apologize but even the apology scene sasha i felt like you are being rude to him as well still Yes, because he even said, right, like, hey, I apologize. And she was like, apologize for what? And I'll tell you, I do that to my husband sometimes, but that's when I'm still angry and I'm not ready to, like, you know, make nice. So I can own that. But instead, she's like, apologize for what? You need to say it. Like, what kind of sadistic shit is this? Like, horrible. Yeah, it's like, like you said, I'm not necessarily team Kobe because I know he's uh, some of his behavior when it came to well actually his behavior his whole stance when it came to the breastfeeding I'm, I was fully against but the biggest storyline with them has been that she is very controlling towards every aspect and he is expected to just follow through otherwise it's not cool but 
when it came to all this, so he finally does apologize. Like, yeah, okay, I'm I'm gonna say I'm sorry uh, for saying that. And she's like, "What are you sorry for saying? What?" He's like, "I'm sorry for saying that." The you know, shut the f up. And then she's like, "Well, I'm sorry for being talkative to you while you're working." Oh. She doesn't recognize at all what she did was wrong, which is ironic because she thinks that he doesn't know what he said was wrong, but he apologized for it. Oh, don't even get me started. I literally was like, she just said, sorry for being talkative while you work. Ma'am, what are you doing? Like, what is, what are you doing? Because all you're doing is dragging him when he's trying, like, like, again, think about Julia, right? Like, Julia was so against it and wasn't really, like, trying to be on the farm like that. Versus him, he's like, this is, you know, what I want to do Um, because I, I need to help and I need to feel like I'm contributing. And then this is how you treat him? Like, what is the reason? What is the reason? To me, the math does not math. And, you know, is there some unseen footage that we're missing of them two? Because horrible, just a horrible mess. Yeah, it's, God, it's so difficult to talk about because I just, it makes me uncomfortable to, because with when it comes to 90 day, yes, I'm here. Yes, I want to talk about the mess. But then also, sometimes it gets real and I mm-hmm. hate that it's televised. You know, I hate that I have to watch people go through these, their real life problems in front of me for the sake of, inter- and for me, it's like entertainment, but it's not. Um, so ultimately, when he ends the conversation, he essentially says, please don't repeat that again. Essentially, meaning like, Please don't micromanage me. Please don't talk down to me. And she just laughs it off and says, okay, and walks away very sarcastically. So, yeah, I am not loving it. Not loving it with them. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) Yeah. And and again, like, I don't actually want to, like, necessarily say this, but I feel like I have to, like, it feels icky watching a black man, right? Like, in this, like, small town. And listen, like, I'm from Brooklyn. Pinero, Oklahoma, like I get it. Um, and she's in Salinas, Kansas. But it's like I it's so awkward from jump, right? When he was like, I'm not used to being in this place. I because he's from Cameroon, people look like him. So I don't I think that's an added layer that they just will not get. You know, Emily and her family, I mean, of him just like, not only are you alone, but you literally have no one that like maybe you can confide to or like, you know, like be with. It mm-hmm. just, I feel like that's double alone. And I'm sure you feel like we understand as like people of color how this, you know, how sometimes like you feel so alone. And then on top of that, you're like, and I'm the only one. So it makes me feel even worse. So it's just, I, I also just wanted to name that because it just, it's giving get out vibes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that when, when you feel like when you move, it's very easy to feel isolated, not just because mm-hmm. you're in a new environment, not just because maybe you're out of where your community would be completely, like you can be completely separated. Again, not to go to even Muhammad once again, but yeah. Muhammad go get being taken to the mosque and like getting to connect with the Muslim community, like clearly really like he felt at home. And just the combination of not having that, but then also not having any other of the smaller things like friends. And family, acquaintances, coworkers, they have around you as you, you know, assimilate in a society. So like when I moved, I used to work five days a week. I used to work and, and made a lot of friends at work. I used to have a roommate. 
all of this is gone and I'm in a brand new place where I don't have any of that. The only person I have is my partner. And it's not, you know, not, you don't necessarily like you're, you can't lean on your partner 1 billion percent because they have a lot of their own stuff going on too. But that's all you have. And, and it's so important to work on everything together and, and lift each other up. And right now I feel like neither of them have realized that, yeah, we need to come together and we need to put work in on this as a unit because I think in Emily's mind, she has, she knows what's best for them and he should just let her direct mm-hmm. it. But then you're not living your life. You're not living as a, as a couple. You are living someone else's life who's telling you what's better. And that's simply not going to work out for them. So we'll see where they're going to go with this next. Let me just check and see if they have a next time on. They do. Um, yeah. And it is <laughs> Kobe is sitting for a one-on-one with Emily's dad, who he says intimidates him. And like, he, he feels very like nervous. And the dad is like essentially peppering him with questions of like, well, what's your plan? Do you have, what's, what do you have going on? And then he tells us in confessional that, yeah, there's a lot of mouths to feed. And I will not be paying for it. I'll tell you that. So dad has no intention of them staying here clearly, but what are they going to do? We'll find out. But okay. He he can't work. He literally can't work. Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing with 90 day where like, we know this information very well, but then when it comes to the family members, it seems like they did not get a briefing package of like, hey, so I'm bringing a a partner in from a foreign country on the K-1 visa. We can't work. He can't work for the 90 days and plus. So the financial burden is on me. And if I'm leaning on you, it's on you as well. So do you know this? Is this cool? They don't seem to get that memo because they're always like, yeah, what's your plan? It's like, uh, I don't know. I'll apply for the work permit. And then when I get it, hopefully find a job. Like, what else do you want to hear from me? I think a lot of them expect more of a career plan. And really, if we browse the, the family, the couples that are on this season, the two people that have kind of had this conversation and have made it clear what they want to do. Mm-hmm. One of them is Miona, who said, I would like to get involved in, in working with makeup and ending up yeah. in a position where I have my own makeup line, which is like, again, very broad, very like nice idea. But like, you know, there's nothing you can do until you get the work permit and maybe find out how to get involved. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, um, Binium, who wants to be an MMA fighter. So and he has experience going into it. But yeah. with everyone else, it's like, yeah, I really don't know what the what the job market's like. I really don't know what I can do. We need money out the gate. So whatever happens, happens. I just need the work permit. So. Oh, it's just, it's unfortunate. And that's why to me, it's like, is this fake or not? Or is this, are these people just dumb that they can't figure out that this lady is lit? like this man cannot work. So it doesn't matter like what the plan is, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see where this goes. Only only next week will be able to tell us. So let's take a quick break. When we get back, we will dive in and talk about Patrick and Thais and John, because that's how Patrick would like to have it. We'll be right back. All right. So we are back. Let's talk about this couple. So Patrick and Thais, last time we saw them was on the mini golf course where Patrick was attempting to keep the peace between Thais and John. Things seem to be okay or getting better. 
But we mm-hmm. learned this week that that's probably still going to be a big, big problem in the relationship. So what we basically the big information we got from Patrick and Thais this episode, Sasha, was that he is opening, I guess, a new brand or a new operation in Dallas. And he yeah. is going to move them from Austin to Dallas. And Thais initially sounds like, you know, she's happy about this new life, new beginning. This is great. Without John. And Patrick says, no, 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 John will be there with us. He'll be living with us. And that doesn't seem to be changing at all, Sasha. I, again, I'm confusion because why did she, one, I, I feel bad for Thais because I'm like, girl, wake up. Like, this is your life now. He's not moving. Um, And I just, I don't understand why no one is being honest. And later in the episode, I feel like Patrick's true colors came out a little. Because at first I was like, oh, he's just trying to keep the peace, you know. And I feel like in maybe in our cultures, right, like we're used to kind of staying with family. Maybe that's not necessarily so abnormal. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is that obviously, like, I have a lot of friends and family members back in the Middle East still. And a lot of them just stayed with their family. Um, if they didn't move o- abroad for university or anything, they lived with family while going to university. They pretty much lived with family until they would be in a position where they got married and like moved out with them though, with Patrick and, and John, it's very clear that their upbringing was troubling. They had a lot of struggle there. And then later in life, Patrick goes through the entire, you know, losing the career he was in with the weightlifting and everything. And I think he was in a bad place when he got his divorce and John was there for him. And I think he's at a position now where he wants to keep John in his life. And I think it's also for John's betterment that he wants John to be with him because, you know, he can they can take care of each other. But I don't think Thais necessarily sees that as a helpful situation because Thais, in Thais's mind, I abandoned my family to come live with you. You should also is so it should be just the two of us, not with your family. That's not what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. It's huh, and d- this goes to our question since the beginning of time since you've launched this podcast. But do they not talk beforehand, Sasha? It's it's they when they sign up for ninety days. The assumptions we have to the things we have to check at the door <laughs> is any sign of logic, communication, and empathy because. It feels like no one has empathy for each other. No one has logic and no one talks about anything because you'd think so. But remember, this is also the same couple where Thais has not told Patrick that, hey, my dad doesn't know we're getting married, A, and B, my dad thinks I'm visiting, and C, my dad doesn't even like you. (laughs) Yeah, that part, like, it's another, like, moment where... Um, and, and I think I, I want to talk about this way with Bilal more, but like, it's these like partners that live in America. And actually, John says this too. Uh, so I can say it here where they just like assume that just because you come from another country and, you know, maybe a developing country that you should just like be okay with like whatever. Um, because like, you know, you're so grateful to be in the land of opportunity. And don't you feel grateful that you don't have to, you know, like um like go to the bathroom in a hole outside. Like that's how they think. 
And that's what pisses me off because John actually says that later with the house issue. So I just don't understand why no one has asked her even once. What yeah, would she like? Well, it's fascinating to me because so let's fast forward to the end of this uh, segment with them where they go to the house in Dallas and it's not a smaller house. I guess it's two stories, but the second floor is entirely John's by the sounds of it. And the living room is smaller in here, but they're pa- Patrick and Thais are going to be living like in the, in the f- main floor. And mm-hmm. Thais kind of, you know, brings up, yeah, well, I don't know. The closet space is kind of smaller here. The living room is a little bit more cramped. I like the last place we were in more, which is a very fair thing to have an opinion on when you didn't get to choose yeah. any of this. Cause he made the entire decision of the house himself. He sold the other place himself. So she had no say. And he's like, you should be grateful. Essentially, for him, he was mad because he's like, I grew up in like a trailer park situation with like, we all shared bedrooms or like six of us. So she, I don't like that she is being ungrateful. This is a huge red flag for me. This is almost a million dollar house. And I'm like, listen, that's all good. No one is saying that the house is bad. She is just voicing her opinion that it's not as good as the last place, which is fair. You showed her a house that she ended up really liking and then you took it away and gave her this house, but she never got to tell you she didn't like it because you did it all yourself. So why do you think that she doesn't have the right to an opinion? And also the whole, like someone being ungrateful for the living situation they're in, people are allowed to have opinions regardless Mm -hmm. of where they grow up or what living situation they are in. And it is, you know, it is very uncouth to be in a position like what John was doing to essentially assume, oh, you, you are coming in from another country. You like it here. This is a better living situation. That doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily always the case. And also, John, have you met yourself? You're pretty unsavory person to want to hang out with. Like, I wouldn't want to live with you. You don't seem fun. Like, like John, I think you are on like lots of substances and like I I would be afraid because I'm like what is this man gonna like do to me you know like in my sleep like I'm afraid um it's like John the vibe is off like he's having beer in the morning like what are you doing and one other thing I would say if I were to pick where I want to live I'd rather live in the upstairs because guess what I get the all the upstairs to myself Plus the living room, and definitely I get the kitchen. So like don't get more, doesn't John yeah. get more square footage. Well, that's the thing, right? Because like, a lot me, of the like stuff that's ridiculous. Yeah, because a lot of the stuff that's shared living space, like a kitchen, a living room, like you mentioned, they are shared. So even if the main floor is us, no, the main floor is mostly everyone else. And also, given the next time on where John is about to throw a freaking housewarming party where do you think they're going to hang out in the living room so yeah give me the privacy of the second floor every time when we lived i lived in a three-floor um house in my third and fourth year of university and Mm -hmm. i took the room that was the third floor was just like an not an attic but the third floor was just the bed just the bedroom and i took that floor it was so nice to have one floor buffer between the living room and the kitchen because the boys would hang out there all the time and it yeah. was perfect because I got to do me. I got to do my own thing. I got to hang out when I needed to. And I had my privacy. And I feel like you're giving that to John, but not to Thais, which I think is a mistake. 
Yes, that's exactly it. And I just don't understand how they bought a house without talking to her. Because it seems like John knew of the house, right? Because he had keys to the house. So, and he like moved in. He knew where his stuff would be. So it's just, it's either that they're not exactly telling us the timeline, right? Like maybe they bought the house beforehand. Uh, and Dallas is pretty expensive. Like as you know, in my dream, I, I would want to leave the Bay Area and move to Dallas because I could afford it there. But like it's, I was just there this weekend and it's become very expensive. So I also understand why the bank for your buck is smaller compared to the Austin house versus Dallas. So that's another, I think, piece of it that w- that maybe like not everyone is getting. But like, man, you drove a Tesla, like get out of here. You You can handle, I think, a bigger house or like at least talk to your partner. Yeah. Yeah, like that would be nice. Again, ultimately, when you want her to feel like you're in this together and you are family, one of the most important things is that you, as a collaborative effort, decide on the house, make a living situation for yourself, the furniture. Like this is all stuff that everyone wants to be involved in. Like when we were looking to move apartments when I moved here, I wanted to be a part of the decision making just as much as Liana did. And we worked on it together. We looked at places together. I liked places she didn't like. She approved some places that I wasn't really about. And when we found the place we wanted, we both loved it. And we love our place. We love our place. We love everything that it has. The only uh, areas of the house that are kind of like, however I want it done, I will have it done is my stream room or my, my, my own room. And with Liana, it's her office. That's like, we've mm-hmm. not really consulted each other on who likes what. We just do our own thing. It's that everything else is a shared experience. It uh, wow, because you y'all have a maybe normal relationship versus these two, but you know that that's a ninety day like staple. I get it, but it, it's wild. And then like we didn't even talk about the whole kissing and the Tesla and like making out. I was just like, no, no, they were not making out. They were not kissing. They parked to do it. Sasha, they parked a full on do the deed in the parking yeah. lot. I mean, listen, when yeah. you're driving a Tesla, like you do have to charge. Like, that's why I don't know. It's so hard because you literally have to like you can't you can't do a trip like that without charging. So I guess, you know, you do you, I guess you kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was again. I've said this on so many shows I've been on recently. I don't need to know how what your sex life is like when you're on this show. And if you talk about it, I'm fine with it. I, you can talk about all you want, but I didn't have to see that. I don't have to see you park in the car and take like a detour on the way to your home in Dallas at all. But she, listen, the thing is Thais doesn't like the house. She loves the Tesla. She's very much happy about this car. Yeah. So ultimately with them, I feel like the the whole storyline is John, 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 John. And by the looks of it, next week, like I said, John is going to want to plan a housewarming party. And I know Thais isn't going to be about this. I don't necessarily even think it's because she doesn't like a party or she doesn't like anything like that. I think it's 100% to do with the fact that she doesn't feel like she has any control of, of her life right now. Because, she, again, house she didn't pick, living situation she didn't pick, and now party that she wasn't even a part of. So. And and no one sees any issue with it. Like Patrick literally said, live with it. What? Like he literally, 
And he was yeah. like, I have zero patience, right? Like, which you talked about his upbringing and that's why he said it. But I can't imagine. And the house part, housewarming party was all girls. Like, at least what they showed us. So they I feel like that's going to be another yeah. drama. <laughs> and I thought John had no friends. That's yeah. why he's staying with us. Well, I think that's the thing is that there is a lot of situations here where Patrick is just pretty much defeating the point of, well, Thais is not open to like doing stuff. Thais is not open to um, being a, an actual active person who will attempt to give John a chance. So she's being hard about it. I don't even think that's the case. I think the case is that you have not listened to what she has to say and you've just discounted it as, nah, you just don't want to play ball. Yep. And that's what I think where they were pretty like no quote unquote normal couple. Um, where I feel like, oh, he at least, you know, learns her language and they're speak, you know, I I give him points for that, but also by the end of this episode, I was like, Oh my god, you're trash. Like, no wonder you're single. Yeah, John's not great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Patrick too, I mean, like sit is just like horrible. They're like I just don't understand this. Like this, they're they're so co. The brothers are so codependent on each other, and it's like there's a new human around that you need to also nurture that relationship. You know, take some tips from Jabri, and I can't believe I'm saying that. Imagine that's where we are, though. I mean, we've talked about this a couple of weeks now, where <laughs> yeah, it's wild that of all the couples, like yeah, Jibri and Miona clearly are the ones that have each other's backs more mm-hmm. than the rest. <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's like oh we're really in the dumps now <laughs> yeah okay let's move on from them then let's talk about speaking of being in, in the dumps mm-hmm. let's talk about the highs and lows and a lot of lows of Bilal and Shaida next so we've pretty much skipped a week or not skipped a week sorry we've moved on from the from the gondola date thing they had last week 77 days so she's been there a little less than two weeks now and she's in her feelings after the date they had because she feels very rightfully that he didn't give her any answers that she was looking for when it came to having a baby. So she's going to take some space and take some time alone today. She will not be going to the Jamar prayer this week. So when she brings this up to Bilal, Bilal clearly doesn't like the decision and she says, well, listen, like I'm, I'm feeling, listen, I'll be honest with you. I'm level with you. I'm, I'm feeling hormonal. I don't really want to go today. And you know, where I come from, like for men, it's compulsory to go to my prayer. It's not really for women. And then when Bilal tries to bring up the argument, Bilal essentially says, you know, I feel like it's compulsory though for us, for us men and women to want to learn more about our religion. And he starts talking in this way that she immediately calls out and says, listen, I feel like I'm in a lecture right now. I feel like you're going into lecture mode with me. And I noticed that it happened again later. What has your thoughts been on Bilal and Shaida so far this season? Oh my God. 
I'm just like trying so hard, but here I am. Cause what the hell is wrong with this human being? You know what I mean? Like this, this is where you're like, you're not hamming it up for the cameras. I think you're genuinely a bad person and you have no shame in how you're acting because you already lost one wife, probably for the same behavior. And now he's so patronizing. He literally will like treat her like a child. And that's probably why he doesn't want to have a kid. It's because he has made, he is trying to make her his kid. And then to threaten to leave her on the side of the road. Who is this human? He is hot garbage. And I like, I hate him so much. Yeah, he, he has not been great at all. And it gets worse. We haven't even gotten to the worst part. So then he starts trying to make an argument for her saying that she doesn't really feel like going to Juma prayer today. He says, well, how would you, what about, I don't feel like showering for three days. That's what I'm going to do. And I was like, are you really trying to guilt trip this woman to go to Juma prayer over what? Because you, he really wants her to be involved in the community. That's his big thing is he wants her to be involved in the community. He wants her to like be a part of what he's built there. And to me, I see no problem with let her take the break if she wants to take. She's actively told you why she wants to take it. Let her take her break because you have plenty of time in your lifetime to work on this. The last time she went, she was traumatized because you had that big fight. You isolated her. You ignored her. You didn't mm-hmm. even really, you know, you didn't give her the open arms of, hey, look at our community at all so she also has that to deal with Uh, to me again a logical person makes complete sense Bilal no he wants to have his way and he wants to go about this way where it's like clearly I'm not being I'm not forcing your hand I'm not telling you you have to go but I'm going to try and make you feel bad about it so you go yes that's exactly it and it's just like that's why I feel like it was doing a whole like mass no, I think master manipulators are actually good at it. So like this like failed manipulation that he's trying to do to her um, to be like, oh, you need to do this. But it's like one, she's Muslim, right? Like she is not someone that hasn't been part of the culture, the community, the religion. Like she has her own way to be a Muslim woman. And the fact that he's like negating that and being like, no, that's just not how you Muslims are and it's like maybe that's not your way of living and being but that's not the same for her and um it's interesting because it feels pretty similar to Judaism sometimes where um a lot of them the men are like commanded you know to do the time bound stuff and the women can kind of like get a get away with not having to do it like if you're you know kind of following the like orthodox way of doing stuff so I I get it but I also don't appreciate how he was like patronizing her. Like she didn't know what the heck she was talking about. Like that's what pisses me off. And that's why I love, she has like iconic line where she was just like, yes, daddy, no daddy. Okay, daddy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm done. I'm so done. It's just, she's clearly clocked that she's figured out that when he wants something, he gets into lecture mode yes. and it doesn't, and that's never going to work on her because that's not an effective communication for her. She doesn't take to that. So she's noticed it and now she knows when it's happening, what he's trying to do. 
that he's trying to manipulate. Similarly to when Jibri's mom was talking to him mm. that other episode, he immediately said, you're doing your, you're doing the therapy stuff on me again. Stop it. Like when people notice that stuff, it's not going to work anymore. And I just, I hate it because Bilal, the way he keeps behaving, it's very much like, oh, I didn't do anything wrong because I didn't yell or I didn't like get angry. It's like, yeah, but you are actively trying to force some, an outcome that the other person doesn't necessarily want at all. But then all of this conversation gets put on pause, Sasha, because he finds a pin on the cushion <laughs> that Shaida removed the pin from her hijab to just put aside for a second, put in the cushion. And he was so mad about this, like talking about, do you know how expensive this furniture is? Like, this is not, why can't you just put it away? And, oh my God, you know, is this an air couch? Oh, I like queen. What a lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. She's like, welcome to having a hijabi wife. And I could, I was like, get his ass because he just, he can't, he literally can't take an equal partner like he needs someone that's like I don't even think submissive is the right word I feel like he needs like a mute um like a person that just like will be like okay yeah you say so I'll I'll just I'll do what you want sir shut up yeah like every relationship is built on compromise it's two people coming together trying to figure out the best way to make a harmonious living for the two of them and with a lot of the 90-day couples, it's usually very lopsided, which is where a lot of the drama comes from. Mm-hmm. And in this instance, I feel like Shaida doesn't think it's a big deal. It's just a pin. I moved it off because, you know, I, it was uncomfortable. I just put it aside for a second. I may have forgotten about it. And whereas Bilal, he's like, I have a certain way I like my house to look and to feel and to clean, et cetera, et cetera. And therefore, it has to be this way. And neither of them see eye to eye. So it's not going to work on them because when they do talk about it again, it's the way that each of them are talking about it that does not favor their situation whatsoever. So ultimately, when um, the this segment is wrapping up, we do hear Bilal mention that, you know, the number one reason he became attracted to Shaida was her faith. And he said, there's an old saying, family that prays together stays together. And I thought, is that a saying or are you just saying it? Because I don't think that's necessarily like a quote. But listen, we'll run with it. That's fine. So he I goes think, to. Well, yeah. I've, because living in the South, I feel like I've heard it a lot. But maybe that's just me. I don't know. I feel like I've heard that for everything, though. It's like, ooh, oh, yeah. Families that barbecue together stay together. Families that, you know, uh, play together stay together. Like, I feel like that's a very like families that blank together stay oh, together. It's a song. Is, it's a song. Yes, a fam the the family that prays together stays together. At least I don't know. Again, oh, it's released in twenty twenty two. So just kidding. Okay, well, I don't know. See, so they maybe took it's, it. <laughs> it's chicken and egg. What came first? Yeah. Well, this whole segment ends with him leaving to Jamar prayer, and we start with us with Shaida, where Shaida takes her socks off, does wudu which is, you know, getting a cleaning up and, and like washing before prayer. She does that at the kitchen sink and then prays. And then Bilal comes home. He's brought some stuff over. And then when he goes over to the sink, he's like, oh, my God, there is so much water here. What did you do? He's like, you know, I did. We'll do at the sink. And then I prayed. And he was like, when I, when I left the house, it was spotless. She's like, it's just some water. So 
he pretty much like very in a very indirect way gets her to clean the water and stuff up, but it's still making like offhanded comments about like how there's like a whole puddle and like it's so bad. And then when she goes to the back, because I guess he bought her some like like food or something. So she says, can you get me a knife, please? And when she says that, he laughs and says, baby, come over. And I thought, oh, this has he clocked that she might be a little bit upset with him and is going to hug her. That's what my my stupid mind thought. No, no, no. This was just the beginning of the lecture because he's like, look at all the silverware. And he starts like saying, this goes here and this goes here. And, and I, that's when I noticed the luxury voice. It was very much like you're repeating very obvious stuff in a way that's like not received well. Whereas like, you know, so this is a big spoon. So we put the big spoon. That's right in the big spoon area. And then we put the, the little forks. They go over here. And oh, this one's not really clean that well. And Shade is getting very irritated because obviously, first yeah. of all, the lecture thing. But second of all, he's not, you know, he's doing that where he's lecturing and he's like, oh, these are not like clean properly. And Shade is feeling defensive, rightfully, because she's in a position where you're not, there's no praise here. It's just you talking down to me. So why can't there be any thank yous? Why can't there be any, you're doing a good job of trying or whatever. And he's like, no, oh, of course. Thank you, Shida. Thank you for doing that. And then he says this as he's holding literally every piece of silverware that was washed. And I'm guessing he's going to rewash again. So my God, this couple is doomed. It's so, <laughs> this is wild to me. And I just, why can't, like, who should I call to get her back home? Because free yourself, queen. This isn't the place. Because he even says, right, I want her to feel like a queen. Meanwhile, making her Cinderella. Like, stop it. Just stop it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um. again, this is the couple where their biggest issue is one wants babies, one clearly doesn't. But mm-hmm. here we are arguing over some where the spoons and forks should go because we're not addressing the real problem. And with Bilal, I don't know if they're ever going to address the real problem. So my God, everyone strap in, get a snack because on this hot mess express, Bilal and Shaida 100% are going to be passengers all the way to the end. And it's going to be very difficult to take our eyes off of it. So the next time on, it's going to be very similar where they're going to argue about who's negative and who's fussy mm-hmm. and who's so Again, more of the same with Blanchida. Not much has changed. Let's move on over to Ari and Binyam next. Okay, so Ari and Binyam, you, of course, are familiar with them, uh, Sasha. We have talked about them a lot in the past. And how did you feel seeing them come back once again? I couldn't believe it. Like, because I was like, isn't this story over? Like, what's going on? I um, I went to a wedding this weekend. No joke. Um, at their fa- my friend's Ethiopian and we just kept being like, I'm confusion. Are you construction? And over and over again. And like, it seems like everyone in the community knows about him. So I was like, why wasn't he invited to the wedding? Like he could have done a performance. And now watching this episode, I was like, he needs the coin baby. So I really wish my friend would have hired him to do some, you know, dance at the mills. It would have been amazing. And you would have gone to meet him. That would have been Imagine. Cool <laughs> yeah, I would have I would have got a cameo just for you, don't worry. Oh, well, you're too nice. You're too honestly, he out of all like the 90 day men, he would be one of the better ones, I would say, to get a cameo right? from. I currently have two in my lifetime. One was mm-hmm. from Flippin' Brandon, and one was from Ben from last season. Thank yep. you, Rob, for that one. 
Oh my god. <laughs> oh god. But yeah, it's just I mean, like I don't know why they're back, but maybe controversial that I would rather them back than Yara and Jovi, who they keep trying to also shove down our throat. I feel like at least like with Binny and Ari, we get some like comedy out of it. And especially this episode, right? The when Ari's trying to fight people, I'm like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Yeah, I'm very I'm I'm very embarrassed for them as well. So the entire story with them was all about MMA. This was the MMA week for mm-hmm. Ari and Binium. So Ari and Binium have found a gym for Binium to train at, which is about four, a 45 minute drive away. Mind you, they've only been in the States 10 days now. And he wants to train to become a fighter. He's already told us this and he thinks he can make some money off of this. So he thinks it'll be good. So they go into the gym. The gym looks great. Our uh, Binium starts training with this trainer and the trainer says he has great foundation. I think he could get a fight at some point. They find out that it'll take about two to four hours per day of training to get this done. And right after they leave or walk away, Ari tells us and comes like, well, he has to, uh, we don't have time for him to train half, like half a day. It's like, you just heard two to four hours. That is not half a day. Even if you're counting it as a full four hours and then 45 minute drive there and back. That's six hours. I know that sounds like a lot, but also if he's doing everything else while you're mm-hmm. while afterwards, then it is a good work life balance because we find that in the next segment, Sasha, that Ari has started working remotely for her friend's social media company and she's starting to feel overextended because she's looking after Avi. She's working remote and she feels like with all the time Binium's putting it to training that she feels tired of of this because she feels like he's doing his own thing while she's looking after everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, this is another thing where what did you expect? Like, right? What? First of all, um, doesn't our dad own a practice? Uh, Why aren't we I working so. there? That, that's like number one question because I is because I'm pretty sure when we were introduced to them in the other way package, that's what her job was. Um, but I didn't I didn't do research on it, so I could be wrong. But I'm pretty sure that's what she was doing. So that's number one. I'm like I'm confusion. Why are you not working with your dad? And then secondly, like, is it that you know all these 90 day fiance people got a taste of? Um, what is it like fame and like social media? Um, so they're like, that's where I want to work and that's where I want to make my money. And it's like, just work for your parents and like have an easier few months. Well, like, that's the thing is that I feel like I'm trying to think of why would she want this job? And like, it, I think working remote is a huge plus because mm-hmm. she gets to, you know, be home and like take care of Avi when she needs to, but then also. Wasn't the appeal of you moving here that your parents could take care of Avi as well? And don't they live a block down or like two buildings away? So that could be a play here. So I don't know. I feel like from the minute Binium shared this ambition, she has been very much like, this is a waste of time or like, this isn't good. And obviously it's not going to pay right away, but he was told he has the potential from the trainer and he's putting in the work. Clearly he's like, because like, I think it's it's for you to say you want to do something is one thing. But if you are putting work towards it, I assume you're somewhat serious about it. And two to four hours a day is not like you taking it not seriously. So 
I clearly think he thinks he's doing something for for the family, but I think that she, I think in her mind, Sasha, they would do very similar jobs where he works remotely yeah. too, and then they can both do it together. Whereas right now she feels like I'm doing this alone and he's doing that alone. But then in my arrangement, because I am work from home, I'm taking care of Avi and he's not. And I don't think that's fair. Yeah. And right. She's having to drive him. I think that's really what's grinding her gears. But I also thought about that where why can't he just Uber? Like back and forth because 45 minutes, Sasha, that's that's a hefty Uber price, I imagine. Yeah, I guess it's because I live in the Bay, right? Like where sometimes you have to Uber to from where I live to South Bay. And it's just like it's an hour Uber. But yeah, I mean, it is hefty. But wouldn't it be to me? It's like how much of your if you're trying to save money, but like time isn't maybe non-quantifiable. But like there's so much time being wasted, right? In that like because if he's training for four hours and you're at the park for four hours and you can't send emails, isn't that cutting into your money? So that's why I think I'm going back and forth where it's like, can we figure this out? Can we get him like a, you know, an Uber service, like a van drop off? Like my God, it's just, it feels so inefficient. The whole thing. Yeah. I've never, like, I've always felt that they are both bad and I feel like every season that is just more and more proof. They are both not great because yeah. then the next scene after, so she, she does drive him to the, to the gym again. This is like a couple of days later. I'm sorry, about 10 days since later. And in these 10 days, he has been going to the gym. He's been training They're, They've got an amateur fight set up for him. And while he's going to train, she, for the next three hours, like goes to the park and like is doing some work stuff while looking after Avi and she they go into the gym to pick him up and he is sparring with another fighter a woman and Mm. she does not love this at all she feels completely blindsided and pissed off she and like the thing is initially I was like what's the big deal they're both fighters they're fighting like that's what they do well that shouldn't be an issue but when she cites that he didn't mention anything that's when I was like, oh, there's the Biniam I know, the shady one that doesn't speak and, and tries to avoid conflict by not telling his family he's moving. Now, he, I was like, okay, he probably knew that she wouldn't be happy about this. But instead of talking to her about it, he decided, I'll just, you know, I will not say anything. If she says, was the gym good? I'll say yes. If she says, did you fight with people? I'll say yes, but I will not go into detail. So this is, again, another point where I'm like, you're overreacting, but also no, he didn't say it. Okay, I see why you're pissed off. <laughs> yeah, it's like avoid or make avoid or sin, right? Like that's yeah. his MO. So are we surprised? And also, can you imagine just like going um into an MMA thing or sorry, into like a gym, right? You've you've drove this man 45 minutes, you've played the, with the baby for like four hours or two hours, whichever one. And then you just see him like tangled up with a woman. Oh my God. It's yeah. So, so that happens. But then also I feel like Ari made a whole, like a big spectacle at this, at this um, gym and was like talking mad smack to this fighter talking about, Oh, and you have a full face of makeup, huh? Okay. And Oh, you're wearing, fake eyelashes at the gym even though it's just gym huh and i thought the fighter carried herself really calmly and then had a confessional where she said yes equal rights equal fights like we 
we spar with anybody that comes here. We're both actively have a fight coming. That's why mm-hmm. we're doing it. And I was like, Ari, you are mad at the wrong. Why are you talking smack to her? She's done nothing. She has no idea what your living situation is. She has no idea what, what he has said or not said. It's not on her at all. And then Ari did this very awkward thing where she tried to like discuss with the, the trainer oh, that and was- the fighter. Like, say, okay, you, so you, let's say you have a boyfriend and your boyfriend didn't tell you that you were, uh, you were, uh, he was like hanging out with a woman or whatever. Well, I don't have a boyfriend, but you know, we both have a fight. We both have to work out. So like, I don't mm. see this as a big deal. And then clearly she didn't get the answer she wants. So she turns to the trainer. Like, what about, he's like, I don't know your business. I'm not trying to know your business. This is not on me. It's like very mature from both he, of you. I know. He literally was like, take that mess out of here. Yeah. Like he was just like, we know we don't need this energy <laughs> here. I was like, Oh damn. Damn. And you know, and I did want to say like, I don't think that's fair to put that on the fighter. Like who, as you said, one, who is she, right? Like, what does it matter to her? But also, like, why can't women be feminine looking or, like, you know, own their femininity while also do all doing all of that? Like, to me, that makes no sense to where she's like, why do you have eyelashes on? Maybe they're good eyelashes and won't come off. Like, damn. Oh, God. I just, I couldn't with this scene because I think that this is something the two of you need to talk about. And Mm -hmm. two of you need to discuss and no one else needs to be involved in it. I think I definitely think they would benefit from uh, therapy because I think a lot of their problems is both miscommunication and omission from Binyam because Binyam will omit when he thinks, oh, this is not a big deal. And I think she might get upset. So I'd rather not say anything to not have her be upset. But it's still it's still something that you should tell her. You know what I mean? So even if it gets rough, it's still something she should know by you deciding that it's not a big deal and that you are not going to say anything. You are actively saying, I know what's best. And my partner does it, which is not okay. Yeah. And, and that's why I think most of their uh, issues with the sisters also come from it's because he just like kind of ostriches, right? Like where he just tucks his head in the sand, but his body out and exposed. So he's constantly getting exposed, constantly stuff is coming out and everyone around him is almost like catching flack for his actions. So that's why it bothers me. So like that's why he bothers me so much. Yeah. Oh. He it's and like it's it's hard not to feel bothered by this because their whole we've watched their relationship for seasons now and it's always been the same issue where she's mad at him for not talking about it. He doesn't talk about it. He makes it worse by not talking about it. And then she gets she goes in too much and too harshly on him. And then it's like, oh, now I feel bad for him. But I also know he's done wrong. And it's just that Mm -hmm. loop over and over and. I am sick of it. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I just couldn't stop laughing because I was like, one, get me off this, you know, right. Like, I hate it. But also, like, if you're going to be dumb enough to, like, buck up to an MMA fighter, maybe you can come back next year, next (laughs) season. Because, like, how dumb did she look? Like, trying to walk up to her and Benny had to hold her back. I was like, no, absolutely not. Yeah, just stop this. Well, thankfully, TLC decided, yeah, maybe we do need a hiatus from them Mm. for a little bit. So they will not be back next week. Thankfully, that's one thing. We can get some breathing room from Ari and Binyam. So let's take another break. One last break. When we get back, we will talk about Eve and Muhammad. 
All right. So even Muhammad, last time we saw them, they had gone out for dinner with Eve's friends. It did not last well. The famous line of, are you going to choose a bikini over me happened. And then she went to the couch to sleep and they did not sleep together. The next day from that fight is where we're going to pick up here. 81 days. So nine days of Muhammad being in the States where Eve mentions that she feels like there's this aspect of control that Muhammad's trying to have with her that she doesn't like, but also she feels bad that Muhammad felt uncomfortable and she kind of wants to just take a step back, forget about yesterday and fix things up. So she's going to take him to a nearby mosque. And what have your thoughts been on these two before we get any further? Like, are they in the same relationship? I do not think they've signed up for the same relationship. Nope. I yeah. think they got the each got the wrong perception and it's just going into mayhem. Yeah, because I at this point I'm like, I, I think y'all were talking to two different people on like whatever website y'all met, and then somehow the algorithm by mistake put y'all together because what the actual F is going on with these two, right? Like they have no idea about the other person's needs, wants, culture. Like, I just, oh my God, I, just, I can't believe that this is real. And this is um a couple we would really benefit on before the 90 days. I think this is the one we should have seen because I there's so many questions. Every word, Puya, they say, I'm just like, what's going on? What's going on? That bidet thing, I was like, I understand where he's coming from, right? Like where it's like, oh, strange men, like it's not allowed. But ma'am, how you didn't know this? And how did he not make that expectation clear? Like, what is going on? See, here's the thing. When this whole thing first started, I genuinely felt like, oh, he did not tell her exactly what he wants. And she is shocked because I never knew this. There were so many rules that I was supposed to follow or do moving forward. But then the last couple episodes, he keeps mentioning that he has talked about these expectations before. So either he didn't talk about these expectations and she has them or she did talk. He, he did talk about these expectations and she didn't listen to them. I don't know what to believe. What I do know is that I felt this from the beginning. They are not meant for each other at all. Oh, it's horrible. Like when he speaks in lowercase, right? Like I've never met. Maybe I have, but I don't think I could be around them for too long. So I'm just going to say I never met someone that speaks like this, right? Like where he's like, and I am just constant. I can't even do it. I can't do it. My my volume is just not that low. It never will be. Like I've lost my voice and I'm still talk higher than him. So to me, I'm like, did she hear you? Maybe that's the confusion. Because what the actual F is this? Um, And she... And then when she does talk about the wine, right, later on, she did say, like, well, I told him I'd have it once in a while. But technically, I think you've already had it twice. So there's a lot of just expectations that are not going to ever get met. And why did this man come here? Just stay in Egypt. Oh, yeah. So now the plan is to go to this mosque and she mm -hmm. wants him to, like, you know, see a little bit of the community that they have here. Hopefully that'll make him feel more at home, which I believe it's, it does. And it's going to do, but he tells us, and this is the beginning of us really hearing this for the first time where he says that I'm hoping this will show Eve how beautiful this religion is. 
And then I want to see if she becomes interested in the religion, you know, maybe even convert. I was like, oh my God, I do not think this is ever going to work out. But listen, we move. So she is told that, you know, you have to wear a scarf to go in the mosque. And she seems completely surprised by this, which then to your point, Sasha, my thought was, how much does she know about Muhammad's culture and, and upbringing and background at all? Because this is a, as far as like the mosque goes, this is a very fundamental, like hijab yeah. is definitely a part of it and has always been a part of it. So to me, I was like, oh, I, I, okay, you didn't know this, that's fine. But then Muhammad starts before they even get in the car. Like, oh my God, you look, this scarf makes you look way more beautiful. This is great. I think this is amazing. But then Eve tells us in confessional that, you know, I don't want to wear something that is not true to form for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I don't want to do that. But then when they get to the mosque, she's also completely surprised by how quickly the gender segregation starts out where it's like the, she's like, all right, the women's section is on this side. The men's section is on this side. And and she's not used to it at all. We do see a emotional moment from Muhammad where he tells us that his father was a very, um, he was very big on religion and he lost his father when he was 14. His father got sick and passed away. And you can see the tears form in Muhammad's eyes as he's telling us this. So he is wanted to, in his words, he wants to be the, the, the guy that his dad would have wanted. And I think the religion is a big part of that for him. Mm-hmm. And he also feels like when he's praying, when he's in the mosque, that he's connecting with his dad, which uh, having been to a mosque, I can tell you firsthand, like it really, that, that energy, that power, it really, really is there where yeah. it's so quiet and, and, it's yeah. So he feels a strong connection when he's there. So I kind of started understanding a lot more um, how important Muhammad's religion is to him and where the foundation of that has come from. But um, when they start talking to, so he starts talking to this man, uh, Rafa, Rafa, Rafa. Yeah. Um, he has introduced this man who was at the mosque and Rafa, you know, mentions that. Yeah. Like I can see why this might be tough for, for Muhammad. Cause uh, you know, people have, liberal attitudes is what I have in my notes is what he said. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, yeah, I'm excited to spend time with Muhammad. I'm excited to spend time with him and, and, and have him, you know, join us. And then Eve does mention that she feels people are nice and she's glad that they've got a community here, but she doesn't really think have any intention of converting. She doesn't like, this isn't for her. And Muhammad's disappointed that she doesn't want to convert, but I thought, why, is this surprising again how is this surprising to you both yes that's what I kept going back on and that's literally what I have in my notes how is this not a conversation but if you know, uh, notice in his confessional he says maybe she needs to convert uh, or become a Muslim for this relationship to work out so that I don't think he told her that part I think he in his mind thought it would be okay because she'll you know follow everything so maybe she just won't be Muslim like you know officially but like she's gonna do everything so maybe it's fine um, and now I think he's like oh maybe not yeah, I don't know what happened at the trip they had because I don't feel like anything got talked about to me. So, mm-hmm. um, so he's disappointed that she wouldn't want to convert, and then he tells us that he will not marry someone who won't prioritize uh, his needs. So, to me, that means I would want her to convert. Or the thing is, I think in his head, if she converts, she will by default do the stuff that he 
has expectations of in the relationship because the expectations you have in the relationship, there's a lot of pushback and she's not comfortable doing. So I think he thinks if she converts, she'll do them. So that works for me. But we move into the next scene and Eve is trying to, she wants to go hang out with her friend Tatiana and, you know, have a little dinner. Um, she tells us that she wants to have a little, you know, have some wine because it's been a lot. It's been a lot of stress here being with him. And as she's about to leave, he does lay the guilt trip a little bit. He's like, you know, I thought with Darren not here, we could maybe hang out, have dinner, watch a movie together. And she's like, yeah, well, it'll be quick. I'll be back soon. I promise. And then he's like, are you going to go drink with her? Are you going to drink? She's like, yeah, you know, I've told you before. I want to have the occasional wine. And I feel like tonight I might have the occasional wine. And he's like, it's up to you. He's like, okay, why are you guilt tripping her? That Oh my God. Again, some of the season, like I've enjoyed the season, but I feel like I'm feeling more uncomfortable than usual this season. And I don't yeah. like it. I, and it's probably really close to you as well. Um, but it's just, it's so hard. I, like I said, I like, you know, it's, it's fun when it's, um, you know, a little bit of like, oh, they're just like an Ari per, or Binny where you're just like, oh, like you're just like being dumb. But this is just like, this is real life. And he, I, I just don't think he understands where he is. Like, I just don't mm-hmm. think he does. And she just, she's, she's older. And I don't mean that in like any way, but I just mean like, even at 30, I feel like I am pretty set in my ways. And I don't know that I could change that drastically for someone. So I just, I want to end it, end it. Just leave, just go back. <laughs> Please just call it quits. So we don't have to talk about it anymore. Seriously. Um, so fast forward to the dinner and now Eve is with her friend and they start talking and, and Eve's friend asks, well, Tatiana asks, well, what did he think of us? And she says, you know, he was a little offended. You know, they usually don't talk about sex at all. And she goes, well, did he yell at you? Like, no, we didn't sleep in the same bed that night. I'll tell you that. And then Tatiana immediately got to me and said, yeah, we're not bad people because we talk about sex. And I feel like this is the part where I started getting a little bit frustrated because in this conversation also uh, Eve brings up. Yeah, we completely we went to the mosque and we're immediately separated. And I feel like, why are there so many effing rules? And I was like, um, I'm sorry if you felt inconvenienced by by that. I feel like ultimately when it has come to um, being in their house or or. The, her own personal like situation I've always been like nope he you cannot like you don't have to do anything you don't want mm-hmm. to at all but when it comes to the mosque when it comes to like the religious practices if you have agreed to go these are just this is the way they they that you know the life is done this is the way they they do it and I felt a little bit insulted by the way she was talking about it and the way she talked about it and then with with Tatiana I felt like Listen, you didn't know that um, Muslim people may not necessarily openly talk about sex. And it may not be something that it may be something that you do not understand or you don't think is strange or or abnormal or anything of the sort. But just because you don't have that line of thinking doesn't mean that it is stupid or bad or or negative. And I felt a lot of negative connotation coming from both of them when discussing this stuff, which didn't sit well with me. This is like, I think what comes down to, right? Like 
Americans and their mindset. I feel like they just don't. And I know I'm generalizing, obviously, but like, especially on 90 day, I feel like these Americans sometimes like have this air of entitlement and they don't necessarily understand anything that's like outside of their lane. Like it almost for them, I think feels like, no, this is our lane. This is it. And if you're on the outside of it, then like you're horrible because I don't even think um, you brought it up yet that the friend was also, uh, talking. This is what made me uncomfortable is she, cause she starts crying and she's like, I don't want to lose you because, um, you know, this is how abusive relationships start and he's controlling, blah, blah, blah. And it just felt like, um, it just felt like he, this is like his reality, right? Like this is just how things are in Egypt. And I don't know that it's fair necessarily to say like that is being abusive or even um assigning that to the religion, right? To say like, well, then Islam is uh abusive or, you know, like does that to women. It's just like, it's not true. It's just y'all aren't used to that. And that's not your reality. That doesn't equal that that's, the actual reality. That's just your perception. And that's what I felt uncomfortable with because I was like, no, I just think they're not on the same page and they shouldn't be together. Yeah. And my whole thing from the beginning with them has been that if he wants to live a more conservative life, that is completely fair. If she doesn't want to live a, a conservative life or a more like um, life where it's a, it's more of a, we don't talk about this stuff or we dress more modestly. That is also completely fair and completely allowed on both sides. But if you are coming together, you have to find the middle and you have to find what works with you. And both, neither of you are necessarily working towards that. He clearly doesn't feel comfortable being anywhere further from where he is. And she doesn't feel comfortable giving any more things up than she already has which again is completely fine, but please, mm-hmm. then you are not a match and you need to understand that you are not going to work out because that's not going to help. And then talking about it like this isn't going to help either because the whole thing is at the start of the episode, she mentions that she feels like, you know, she doesn't like that he felt disrespected and he felt judged. So she wants to put it aside. But when she's talking with her friend Tatiana and Tatiana's talking about it like this, I didn't necessarily feel like she pushed back at all or defended him mm-hmm. where where like if she doesn't feel that way I'm completely fine with it but I'm only bringing this up because she mentioned at the start that she wanted to you know pull back from this a little bit yeah that's exactly it and um and don't you feel like they're villainizing islam like uh, and and the reason I bring that up is because with Bilal, right? Like, we're just like, no, you like are annoying. You're horrible. So we're okay with calling this stuff out. But again, I just, he irritates me for different reasons, but I still feel like they're just like villainizing something that they just have no idea about and, and that they shouldn't have then made that step to bring him here. Well, that's the thing, right? Is that, um, when it comes to Bilal and Shaida, they're both Muslim and we do see that when it comes to the religion, they both believe they both practice and they don't have like, that is not a part of the relationship where there's a clash this week. We had the situation with wanting to go to Jum'ah prayer versus not necessarily feeling like you want to go or not having to go. And that was a bit of a cause of a, of a friction, but that was mostly because of the lecturing of it all. Whereas here it is, 
the way they've set up um, Muhammad's whole storyline from the beginning is Muhammad saying stuff like, the person who's going to love me is going to love me as my mother. He says that, are you going to choose a bikini over me? He mentions that, oh, maybe it'll be better if she converts. So from any angle you look at it, it's that Muhammad's putting pressure on Eve to convert and for Eve to be living her life a certain way. And that it, that would be taking away from the, her freedom of dress, her freedom of expression, her freedom of being who she is, which all of these things we can agree on would, would be her sacrifices she would make that she doesn't want to make. But mm-hmm. when, and that part is like, you know, we've discussed that and it's been fine so exactly. far in this episode it did feel like that, especially, and I think it was after she, again, she went to the mosque and was very surprised by the gender segregation, but then talked about it very negatively. It was, it didn't come from a place of like, Oh, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that it was like this. Um, and that was different for me that some of that was brought up. But then for me, it was the outrage of like, why are there all these effing rules? I was like, well, just because you, this is an environment you're not familiar with, doesn't make it wrong and doesn't exactly like, yeah so it's it's difficult and like this is probably and i'll be very honest uh right now have a moment of transparency with the list uh, with the listeners this has been the hardest couple for me to talk about in my two years of talking 90 day fiance mm-hmm. because actively i have lived both sides i have been in a place where i it was a lot more conservative and it was a lot more regularly practiced um with with islam and then i've also been living in north america where i've not had that so i've seen both sides and and when i'm seeing all of this on the show it is very frustrating to me because ultimately i do not think muhammad and eve are a fit at all and i do not think they belong together but the longer they are together the more of these conversations we will have to have on the podcast and up until this point i was fine with it but then this episode Again, it was the language that really didn't sit well with me. It was very difficult to talk about today. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. Like, I I mean, that's a lot of emotional labor you have to do to get through this. And and I was thinking about that. I, I was thinking about you when I was watching this episode, because, again, we even have the juxtaposition of Bilal to the to Muhammad, right? Or to Muhammad and Eve. I, I want to put them together. So. So that's why I think it feels hard because where it feels more weighted with Muhammad, because it's just like if she even was like, hey, he's asking me to convert, but he's never said that before. That's a different conversation. Or, um, hey, I didn't realize all of these things. So I need to reevaluate. Right. Like take some onus on yourself about it. And there's a way to speak about the mosque without being disrespectful. Like, why are you being disrespectful? Because to me, we could even talk about, oh, why are these people asking her to convert? But her attitude toward it's all I was like, just why even bring this man over then? Because like. It's such a bad attitude. Like, and she's been to Egypt, right? Yeah, they've done at least one trip where she she took the trip over. Yeah, exactly. So what did you expect where he's magically just going to turn that piece of himself off? You know, like it just it makes no sense. And I just I do feel bad for him because I don't I don't agree with him, but that doesn't equal that. I feel like I need to like constantly shit on him because like he 
is just doing what he knows, right? Like that's been his reality in Egypt. And this woman allegedly has said, hey, I'm going to throw out my clothes for you, right? She said all this. I'm going to throw out my clothes. I'll like change um different. I'll like drink less wine. So in his mind, he's like, well, you've already said you're wanting to change. So what's going on? Yeah, and I think that's the thing is where um, I co-sign everything you said about him. And when it comes to her, I feel for her, too. She is a woman who has, has you know, has Theron, her son, with her. She has all this, all these friends that she's made, her squad. She, you know, makes a living. She, like, she lives her life a certain way, and that's how she wants to live it. And I totally recognize all of the sacrifices she made for uh, with Muhammad moving here. but. Ultimately, the bottom line with the two of them is he expects more. And I think she's given as much as she can give. So this is where the storyline with them is going to start getting a little bit more of a clash is now because now he's actively trying to show more of a this is what I'm expecting. And she's like, I really can't sign up for this, which I guess we should have foreseen that if we're talking about these two are not a fit for each other, that it's going to get a lot, a whole lot worse before they split up. I'm assuming they will split up. So mm-hmm. we're just here for the ride. And <laughs> I don't, again, I have a hard time with this one, but we'll get there when we get there. Let's talk about their next time on here yeah. where they, she talks about not wanting to convert. And there's mentions of uh, uh, Muhammad mentioning that he might be wasting his time here. So it's again, I'll talk about it next week, but this is going to be the conversation for a long time with them. And all I hope is that the conversations had are a little bit more nuanced or a little bit less negative leaning on both parties. I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. We'll see. We pray. Yes. All right. Last but certainly never least, let's finish off this podcast by talking about Jibri and Miona. The last time we saw them, Jibri told us and Miona that, hey, I we have an opportunity to work with this producer out of Chicago for our album. And David has invited me, like told me to come with them. We're reuniting the band. We really need to do this for the music. If we finish the music, I think we'll make a lot of money out of this. And Miona said, listen, that's all well and good. Give me the beach wedding. We can go to Chicago. That's the trade off. Let's do that. Looks like they've agreed because they are now on their way to Chicago. They're making their way there. And we learn a little bit more about David and Jibri's relationship here on the road to Chicago. So as they're driving, we get a confessional where uh, Jibri mentions that David and him, they, they met in high school. And initially, Jibri made fun of David's accent. David and him got it into trading blows. And David put him in a coma for three days. Like, can we talk about that? Because yes, what? Like, how can they just gloss over that? And he was smiling when he said it. I was like, are you like, okay? I mean, you're not okay. But how? And maybe again, this is coming from like us and immigrant parents. But like, imagine that my mom would never let me be friends with such a person ever in life. And that's the thing is that it's wild that they they then end up where they are, where they're best friends and. He is like the god, his godfather kind of like relationship that we've discussed on this pod because it all started with him making fun of David for his accent, getting knocked out, and then later starts dating this girl who turns out to be David's twin sister. Is Which this is a, like, 
what, what sitcom is this from? What telenovela is this? Because how do you not know? <laughs> that, so there's a new kid in your very small town um, with an accent. I'm assuming said new kid. There's two of them. It's pretty obvious if there were two of them. So that's when I'm like, are you lying for the camera? Because like, I can't, I don't believe this. Like, I just, I can't. It's very, I mean, and we have met um, Jibri's parents. We have met Mahala. We know that if her son yeah. got put in a coma, she would not let that fly. So I'm like, I don't know. Fascinating stuff. Okay. Fascinating stuff. We should. <laughs> and that's not even the worst of it. Like that's, it just gets weirder and weirder, this whole story. But like, I don't know about you, but at first I was like, oh, David is like, cool he's the voice of reason um and then the more of these high school stories i'm listening to the more i'm like what oh you you can't be friends with him i i, I do refuse to allow this yeah so <laughs> well that's the thing right is that i i'm sh- i am shook i'm shocked but we are gonna now meet david ourselves properly in person so let's see how their relationship is now so we get to chicago and and mind you i think jibri and Miona are the furthest along on the timeline because they are 54 days away from the wedding. So they're closing in on the midway point of the of the th- three months, the 90 days. And they're on the way to Chicago. They finally meet David. Now, David, we learn right now, is the owner and operator of a trucker company. And that is something that he that he actively does for work alongside, of course, the music being like a side hustle. And on the way there, Jibri tells us that he hopes they get along. Uh, Miona and David, because if they don't, he doesn't want to jeopardize his music career or have to pick between the two of them. Now, we find when they get there, Sasha, David immediately offers to give him a job um, mm-hmm. as far as trucking goes. And this is where we learned that when things were going down with the pandemic, David offered him a job and told him to uh, like said, you know, this is something you can make money off of. So Jibri got his commercial license to drive a truck, but then decided to focus on the creative process and his music because, and I'm quoting, that will make us more money than any truck job would do. Okay, sure, fair point, all right. But then when they get there, David again says, hey, like, you know, that one's yours right there, that truck, if we, you can do that, and then like, you know, we can do that and we can work on the music. And Jupiter's like, no, 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 we should just focus on the music. And my thought was, are you telling me that you have had a job waiting for you this whole time and you've actively chosen not to pursue this job because you think music, you just, you need to put all your focus on the music to make that work. But then also your band's not been together for the last couple of months. Is that what I'm hearing? Cause wow. That's what I'm saying. Nothing makes sense in any of this, their whole segment, right? Like it just didn't make sense. I was like, so you have free money, your uh, future partner um, or your current partner, future wife wants to do things that cost said money, but instead you're going to focus on trying to get the social media thing to hit. But why not both? That's what I don't under- understand. And I think David says that. Um, But also David has a black scent and I don't appreciate that. Like it makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah. So David, we the first thing we learned from the story, right, was that he had an accent and uh, got mocked for it from Jibri. Yeah. That accent is gone. A new accent has taken its place here. Um, but I was just, this whole scene confused me, Sasha, because I definitely noticed exactly what David 
was doing with Miona, which mm-hmm. was undermine her and be shady towards her. But then he's also actively looking out for Jibri by offering him a job and trying to like help him out. So I was like, do I hate you or do I think you're actually looking out for your guy? Ultimately, I think he's he's like protective of Jibri, but mm-hmm. Jibri is a full adult and he knows what, he, you know, he can make decisions in his relationship. This is what I talked about earlier that I feel like Jibri and Miona are the one couple that always look out for each other. Miona has his back completely. And when Jibri talks about, you know, wanting to focus on music and stuff, Miona says, yeah, you know, what's the point of him doing this if it doesn't make him happy? So that's what's important. But in my back of my head, I'm also like, Miona, don't you want that beach wedding? Vibes are not going to pay for a beach wedding. Vibes are not going to pay for y'all to move out of that house. And they're both riding off vibes, which again is adorable. And I love that they have each other's backs like this, but their heads are in the clouds a little bit. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, why are you giving away money? And no one's saying you can't do what you end up doing um, or what you where you want to end up. But maybe let's like support it with like cash because I know she wants to get out of that damn house with his parents. So guess how that's going to happen by Jibri having a job. Yeah. Yeah. So. The decline happens. I refuse. I, I will not accept the trucking job. Let's focus on the music. Okay. So we fast forward to the next day, I guess, and they go to the studio or sorry, Jibri goes to the studio and he links up with his old bandmates again. David is there. We've got Brandy there and we've got a gentleman with a wild mask on called what was his name? I wrote it down in my notes. Oh, Space Cash. Of course, space cash, but the S is a dollar sign. Otherwise, yeah. it's not cash. So, Correct. yeah, he's like, yeah, he's just a guy from Iowa, but he does a good job of being in character. Was like, okay, well, he was clearly walking into the studio wearing this. So he's very much in character. We do not see this man's face. Mm-hmm. Space cash is just space cash, I guess. Um, and when they get there, they're re- getting ready to do the music and stuff. And this is where I was like, okay, David. I'm now moving away from you trying to look out for your guy and I can see the shade you're putting on Miona because David says, hey, everyone, we should just put our phones on. Do not disturb and get in this sesh and get it cooking. Completely acceptable request because you're trying to like be in the zone. Cool. But Jibri says, let me just text Miona and let her know we're about to start and then we'll start. And that's not good enough for David. David said, why do you have to text her? Just just, you know, put do not disturb. Why are you doing that? This is where, of course, he loses his cool. Jibri does finally. And he kind of does like a play. It looks like a play slap initially, but a lot more harsher than a play slap than what Shaida and Bilal had. Billion percent. (laughs) Like this was more of a, okay, this is like a fighting slap a little bit. So they start throwing down and the episode ends. What are these two doing? Oh my, so that, that was pr- producers, right? Like riling David up before he got there. Because to me, like, that's the most normal thing you do in a relationship to say, like, hey, not going to be able to check my phone for a while. And that's what Brandy, the other bandmate, actually says. She's like, well, actually, like, she's alone. Miona is alone. So I understand why he might want to just let her know or like, you know, kind of re, kind of like be with her. And let her know this stuff. But David was just like on one. And I was like, this has to be out. Because they do this on Love and Hip Hop 
um, a lot where producers will like get you liquored up right before a studio session. Um, and then they'll like start like feeding you lines or, you know, riling you up with alcohol and then the fights happen. So to me, I was like, is it that? Because nothing else makes sense to me. That was the most normal thing Jibri did. Yeah. Yeah. So I, again, I feel like the two of them, ultimately my biggest qualm is that while they are definitely probably the most strongest couple, they have each Mm -hmm. other's backs, they support each other. They don't let anyone smack talk the other. They try and work together where they lack is the logic in that the things we want, we got to make money and, but we cannot just like dream and, and hope that the music kicks off. We can't hope that everything just works out because they have these bigger demands they want. They want a beach wedding. They want to move out, move to LA. This is going to cost a lot of money and you might have to do some other stuff for the money. But then David, up until this point, I was like, I don't know what the beef is. Is, is he really like that shady towards Miona? Now that I've seen it firsthand, he is. So do I think that it's going to come to a point where Jibri's going to have to do the thing he didn't want, which is decide between them? Mm-hmm. I feels like that could be the case. But I will also say that the whole, like, you know, the last time these two fought, they became best friends after it. Are they going to be best right? friends after this one? Maybe. There is wild. Jibri's relationships never cease to amaze me. And I feel like I'm like, Jibri, are you OK? Like, yeah, like pain is not love. Do you know that? Like, I, I'm confusion because he's just he's so wanting to, you know, be like loved and wanting to like acceptance. And it's just I feel I don't know Miona like that, but it's just it's so weird that he is OK with David, David's current behavior, because we know like before that, David kind of was like good. But right. before, I'm like, this is not normal behavior. <laughs> and the way that y'all became friends. Um, like, you know, because of all that, that's weird as hell. Yeah. And like, we didn't really see anything with this fallout from this fight in the next time on, but Mm -hmm. it's mostly going to be about, I don't want to live here. And Jibri being like, I feel a lot of pressure coming on. So make your decision. What's it going to be? What are you going to do? We'll find out more next week. But Sasha, before we head on out from here, let's do the power ranking of the couples that we do here weekly. Let's see where everyone lies. And I will tell you what the rankings were last week, and Mm -hmm. then we'll start slotting them for this week. So last week, in last place, we had even Muhammad. In fifth place, we had Emily and Kobe. Fourth place was Bilal and Shaida. Third was Jibri and Miona. Two was Karen Guillermo. And number one was Ari and Biniam. Ooh. Yeah. So do you have an idea of where who's in the bottom right now? I feel like that's the easier place. Yeah. I feel like I could either Emily and Kobe or Bilal and Shaida. But the thing is, I like Kobe more than maybe I like Shaida. And there's not necessarily like a knock against her. It's just maybe my internalized patriarchy. Like, I don't know. Um, But that's why I put Bilal and Shaida last. But I just, I hate, but I think I hate Emily. No, I I think Bilal also irritates me more. So, so I don't know. Have you forgotten that even Muhammad are on the show? Yeah, but you know, like, especially because <laughs> of what we talked about today, they mm-hmm. were there for me third to last. Like, I don't, I don't know that they're last anymore. Okay. So, okay, then if we're going Bilal and Shaida, 
Emily and Kobe, if I was to break the tie of which one should yeah. go last, I think ultimately for me, Bilal and Shaida are still further along from finding Ooh. where they're trying to be. Because the big question that they've had for months, um, two months now, <laughs> is I want kids. And the other one's like, I plead the fifth. So that's going to be, that's like a bigger, more breaking up than I feel like I'm being talked down to. Cause that's something that can be healed through proper conversation, which I could see them having in the future. Now, is Kobe going to have to deal with some nonsense from the family next week? Probably yes. But they also have Coben together. And I feel like Kobe is going to work on anything he needs to work on to make sure that he gets right. to be there with Coben. And I'm hoping that that will cause Emily then to also see the error in the way she communicates with him and they can find a safe solution. Whereas with Bilal and Shaida, until they have that talk, I don't see them ever making it past fourth place on this power ranking to me. Mm. Yeah, that yes, exactly. That's why to me, I think I'm just like, there's so much like the baby thing is just not out yet. And I feel like he's such a liar. And I think mm-hmm. that's why he's last. Cause I just it pisses me off. Yeah, I think I think Blanchet. And then if I if I may, um, I want to pitch putting even Muhammad fifth because I think ultimately with them, and if we're looking at it per episode, in this episode, one of them yeah. felt closer to the religion than they had in like two weeks, mm-hmm. and the other felt further from their partner than they have after going to the mosque. So I think that with them. This is going to be a big contested conversation. And I don't necessarily think one is going to sacrifice for the other and, you know, either put stuff aside or embrace new stuff. So that's why I think they're fifth. Yeah. And I think we're both not feeling either of them. Right. Instead of at least we like Kobe. So it's like Kobe saves the day again. (laughs) Kobe putting his team on his back and taking them to fourth place. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. Okay, I'll allow it. All right, so then that brings us to the final three here with Jibrian Miona, Mm -hmm. Arian Biniam, and Patrick and Thais. I feel like I could see any of them being in first place for various reasons. Um, But probably closer feeling about that with Jibrian Miona and Arian Biniam, Mm -hmm. simply because with Jibrian Miona, they have each other's backs. The external stuff is what's causing the issue and then maybe them not getting the move they want and stuff but they're also supporting each other's like oh we don't have to do that work if we don't want to and oh we don't have to not have this wedding if we can have it so I think we put them in second or first and then Ari and Binium mm-hmm. they've been together so long this has been a very overarching issue but they can talk through it because they've done it before which leads and they've us- just been through so much like yeah. also that you know like this is to me is like baby stuff compared to what they were doing oh yeah definitely like this is a smaller issue yeah. when all things considered as opposed to some of these other couples that have not made it through the barriers that those exactly. two have already yeah so then that leaves us with um Patrick and Thais will put in third I think that the whole John thing is a big issue where yes um Patrick wants John there and keep saying he wants John there. And potentially he has not told Thais exactly how, how important John being there is to him and why John being there is to him. And then also Patrick has made a lot of decisions on his own and Thais has to simply quote, live with it, which I don't think Thais is going to take, has been taken kindly to. And I think that is going to cause an inevitable fight with the two of them. I just don't know when and how, 
but I do not think they're going to be living in paradise all the way through. Maybe the party's going to be what's going to cause it. But for now, I think they can safely sit in third place and be happy with it. Yeah, I'll allow it because yeah, they were um yeah they were actually third for me too because uh, Jibri and Miona were first and. I don't know. Every time I'm on Twitter, I feel like people really hate Ari. And to me, I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't like her, but I don't hate her. You know what I mean? So that's why I feel like I have to be more defensive of Ari and Binet for some reason. <laughs> it's because I feel like everyone's very quick to be like, no, 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 F Ari. She's controlling and yeah. does all this stuff. But then also, and while I do agree with some of it, I look at Binyam and I'm like, okay, Binyam withholds information. He tries to be non-confrontational, which makes things a lot worse. Mm-hmm. That non-confrontational nature is what's caused this big divide between Mimi and Wish and Ari, which will never get fixed because of him. So I also see the error in his ways and he's not innocent either. So for me, it's I don't like either of them like that, but I also don't think I hate either of them. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the best way to put it. Okay. Yeah. So then, okay, I'm fine with, you know, I'm fine with uh, pushing Ari and Binium down. They both made huge mistakes this episode. Mm-hmm. We put them in second. Jibri and Miona, even though they're, they're, they can be pretty, pretty, um, bad with decision making and prioritizing, they have each other's backs and it's adorable. They had matching jackets, which again, is that the yeah. wisest investment right now? Probably not, but hey, you look good doing it. We'll give you first. <laughs> you can be first for now. God, even though you're a damn black fisher. <laughs> yeah. So to recap, sixth place, we have Bilal and Shaida who have moved down two spots. Even <laughs> Muhammad are in fifth. They've gone up one, but do not look at it as they've gone up one. Look at it as they're pretty much in the same spot. Yes. Uh, Emily and Kobe did go up one as well. I tell you the same thing I said in the past with even Muhammad just now. Third place, we have Patrick and Thais who were second the last time. They go down one because we've learned a little bit more that Patrick might not be actively listening to Thais, which could be a problem moving forward. Ari and Binium go down one because of the mistakes they made this episode. And Jibri and Miona land first spot simply because they really like each other. <laughs> there you <laughs> have the it. the least sucky. <laughs> yeah. All right, Sasha. This was a very fun podcast. Thank you for coming through here and, and talking through this stuff with me and listening to me get frustrated with this show but hey it's not 90 day if we're not a little bit frustrated and a lot of bit enjoying so thank you so much for having me (laughs) of course let the people know where can they find you what else you have going on right now yes you can find me on twitter at fun size underscore oh four where i uh probably talk through all this mess eventually and um if you love mess you should check out kirsten and i uh on our very own show called mess magnets where uh we cover all the week's pop culture and um just you know anything else and listener submitted mess which is i think our favorite part of it cuz sometimes it's a lot like we just can't believe what y'all are into and what y'all are wilding out here. So it's just, it's a fun, silly um, podcast. So, you know, if you, if you love the hot mess express, come on to mess magnets after and, uh, you know, and we have our own feed. So Rob has a podcast, uh, slash mess magnets and go check us out there. We drop, uh, every week and yeah, that is all. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like this is like my, first home on RHAP so you know I'm just I'm glad to be back home 
Oh, we're happy to have you back, Sasha, always. <laughs> um, and y'all definitely check out Mass Magnets. It's, it's a good yes. time. I enjoy it. It's become my go-to midweek play while I'm doing <laughs> chores around the house, and it makes them a lot easier and a lot yes. more enjoyable. So thank that, you for that's that. That's the point. It's just vibes and all mess. Exactly. Listen, sign me up uh, two times over. <laughs> <laughs> um, Y'all can find me on Twitter at Puyaism. You can find me on Twitch, Twitch.tv slash Puya. Like we said earlier, I did a 24-hour stream this past week. It was a lot of fun. A lot of little segments in there. So go through, see what you like. You should, We might find something. And as far as podcasting goes, right now we've only got 90 day going on. So if you could leave a rating or review for this podcast, I would greatly appreciate it. It helps you find the show. It helps me get feedback from you, what you may like, what you may not like, and everything in between. You can do so over on robinswebsite.com slash 90 day fiance. That's the number nine, the number zero day fiance. I thank you for being aboard the hot mess express, but we have arrived at our destination. And while we wait for the next train to come in next week, I hope you have a good week. Hope you take care. I'll catch you next time. Bye.